Okay. If you have a copy of the scriptures, open it to Psalm 58. If you need a copy, raise your hands and we'll get you a copy. Open your Bibles to Psalm 58. Now, last night, I was still torn between what I was going to be sharing. In fact, I think Jillian asked, what psalm are you going to do tomorrow? And I said, I don't know. And that was last night. And you're thinking, you should have known by then. Well, I was torn between two. I mean, Psalm 57 is just a wonderful psalm. And as I would read that psalm, I mean, look at Psalm 57 and starting in verse 7. My heart, O God, is steadfast. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and make music. Awake, my soul. Awake, harp and lyre. I will awaken the dawn. I will praise you, Lord, among the nations. I will sing of you among the peoples, for great is your love, reaching to the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. That's what I said. Ah! (coughs) That was right on cue. (coughs) My feeling exactly. It's like, what a wonderful psalm. You almost don't have to say anything it says it all but the name of our series is songs of life and so i wanted to get a little bit more variety here and so instead we're going to be in psalm 58 a psalm that sounds almost like a psalm that maybe metallica would have written um even the beginning for the director of music to the tune of do not destroy of David, a miktam. And a miktam is a musical term. We don't know. It might be a stanza. We're not sure exactly what it means. But let's step into this. Here we go. Psalm 58, verse 1. Do you rulers indeed speak justly? Do you judge people with iniquity? No. In your heart you devise injustice. And your hands meet out violence on the earth. Even from birth the wicked go astray. From the womb they are wayward, spreading lies. Their venom is like the venom of a snake, like that of a cobra that has stopped its ears, that will not heed the tune of the charmer, however skillful the enchanter may be. Break the teeth of their mouths, O God. Lord, tear out the fangs of those lions." Let them vanish like water that flows away when they draw the bow. Let their arrows fall short. May they be like a slug that melts away as it moves along, like a stillborn child that never sees the sun. Before your pots can feel the or the heat of the thorns, whether they be green or dry, the wicked will be swept away. The righteous will be glad when they are avenged when they dip their feet in the blood of the wicked. Then people will say, surely the righteous still are rewarded. Surely there is a God who judges the earth. Okay. A little different than the last psalm. This one has a solemn sense about it. And it's really important that we get backdrop to the things that we're going to be looking at because without that, we can have an unclear 
understanding of, of what is actually taking place. In the first view, verses when he says, do you rulers indeed speak justly? Do you judge people with equity? No. In your heart you devise injustice, and your hands meet out violence on the earth. Even from the birth the wicked go astray. From the womb they are wayward, spreading lies. Their venom is like the venom of a snake, like that of a cobra that has stopped its ears, that will not heed the tune of the charmer, however skillful the enchanter may be. This psalm was probably written when David's son Absalom was trying to take over his throne when some of David's own counsel had gone to Absalom and were now against David. And what was happening is they were presenting themselves in the people's minds as being for them, but actually they were for themselves. And so what he is doing here is declaring that these people are not about justice. They're not about equity. In fact, they are about themselves. And so this is directed towards those who should know, those leaders who are in charge, who should be caring for the people, but aren't. This is a condemnation on people who are in positions over other people. And he's talking about their injustice, the way they treat others. And the idea here is that even from the womb, they've been selfish. Their lives have been all about themselves. There is no care for others. It really is just what they can get for themselves. You know, it's amazing when we look at the history of mankind and we see the incredible injustice that is done, that is promulgated even by one individual. In China, under Chairman Mao, 40 million of his own people were slaughtered and killed to establish his revolution. Stalin, some 22 million. So that a man can achieve power. So that a person could have authority and get what they want. The genocide that takes place in Rwanda and throughout other nations. The injustice that is done. And, and not just on a national level. This takes place in businesses as well. Corporations that steal money for themselves, for the CEOs or those who are in the upper echelon and the other people get left behind and then end up closing the doors and they lose their jobs while these people walk away with millions. It happens in religious situations. We read about it, about priests or pastors who take advantage of children, molest them, and then are covered and excused. Been having a conversation with a few friends talking about some things that have happened to them and that we have seen take place with people who are in positions of leadership, 
where there's actually been physical abuse, where there's been the abuse of power and money, where their authority has been used to take advantage of others. And, and they don't listen. They're serpents that have their ears closed. They won't hear the tune of the charmer. They won't listen to the music to something that is going to influence them. They are only influenced by their own motives. And so David is focusing on this. And, and it's important to understand that because this has always been something that God has looked on, focused, and has been opposed to. In fact, turn with me to Matthew chapter 23. We're going to start at verse 27. We can go back further, but we're going to start at least in verse 27 to get an idea. Jesus is talking here to the Pharisees as we're going to see. And what's important to recognize is Jesus is going to come down really heavy. Why and to who? the questions I want to ask. Why is he coming down heavy and to who? And let's look and see how this ties in with this psalm. Verse 27 of Matthew 23. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees. Well, there's the who. You hypocrites. And there's really the why. You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of the bones of dead and every unclean, everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside, you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside, you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You build tombs for the prophets and decorate the graves of the righteous. And you say, if we had lived in the days of our ancestors, we would not have taken part with them in shedding the blood of the prophets. So you testify against yourselves that you are the descendants of those who murdered the prophets. Go ahead then and complete what your ancestors started. You snakes, there's that word, you brood of vipers. How will you escape being condemned to hell? Therefore, I am sending you prophets and sages and teachers. Some of them you will kill and crucify. Others you will flog in your synagogue and pursue from town to town. And so upon you will come all the righteous blood that has been shed on the earth, from the blood of righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah, son of Berechiah, whom you murdered between the temple and the altar. Truly, I tell you, all this will come on this generation. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who killed the prophets and stoned those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings and you were not willing. Look, your house is left to you desolate. For I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Jesus' harshest words are given to those who should know better. These words of hell and condemnation aren't towards the tax collectors, the prostitutes, those who are out partying and getting drunk. These words weren't 
shared directly to them. It was shared to those who had an understanding of who God was, but was misappropriating that and using their positions to get away with murder. Those who should have known better, but didn't heed. You see, these words of Jesus are the really directed towards me. They're directed towards us who have an understanding of who God is. Don't let it say you Pharisees and hypocrites mean, oh, it's just them. I, I'm not, my name isn't Pharisee, so I'm free from this. The idea here is anyone who has a knowledge of what is true but lives the lie, you're in danger. Because you're not who you say you are. And you're pretending to be someone who believes in me, but you're living in a way that doesn't honor me. And this is the backdrop of who Jesus is talking about. And it's very similar to what David is talking about in Psalm 58. But notice towards the end of these words when Jesus says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who stone and kill the prophets, how I've longed to gather your children as a mother hen gathers her chicks, but you were not willing. You see, it isn't that God is trying to bring judgment. It's that they were not willing to change. That selfish, self-centered attitude dominated them, and it was their destiny. It was who they really were, and they didn't hear the voice. They didn't hear the tune of the charmer. They didn't hear the shepherd's voice because they aren't his sheep. Oh, they know the information, but they won't listen to it. They won't live it. They would rather live their own lives the way they want and use others to get what they want. And so we see that God's not out to just get on people. Yeah, you mess up, I'm going to hammer you. That's not the context. And that's not the context in Psalm 58. In fact, as he goes on and he says, Psalm 58, verse 6, Break the teeth in their mouths, O God. Lord, tear out the fangs of those lions. That sounds very cruel. But what he's saying is don't let their bite Hurt others. Don't let their venom be poisonous to others. And so, as this would seem just, oh man, this is a, an act of vengeance. Really what this is, is a desire for compassion for the innocent. And so these people who are usurping their authority, these people who are not dealing justly, these people who are abusing people for their own gain, God take their teeth out so that they will not be able to injure others. Stop them. And that's the context here. Let them vanish like water that flows away when they draw their bow. Let the arrows fall short. Don't let them be effective. Take away their strength. Take away their power. May they be like a slug that melts away as it moves along. I feel better now. All those things I did to snails and slugs with salt when I was a child. 
it, it was sort of biblical. Not really, but you get the picture. Let them just fade away. And then it gets even more grim and serious. Verse 8, may, they, may it be like a stillborn child that never sees the sun. May their evil deeds not give birth. And what David is crying out is the same thing that Jesus was making known. These people who have positions and authority over others and are dealing with them in an unjust way, don't let it go on. Don't let it succeed. Take away their bite. Take away their power. Let them dissolve away. Don't let it see the light of day, the actions that they are trying to deal with others. And so now the picture is totally different. It's not David saying, man, I want to get these guys. I want to break their teeth in their mouth. I know sometimes maybe you feel that way. Maybe me too. When, when something is done against you and you're thinking, God, break their teeth in their mouth. You might not say those words exactly, but your thoughts are, oh, God, get them. But you see what the psalmist desire is not God get them is God stop them from hurting other people and that is the heart that we're to have not I want to get you it's God don't let them be successful in their injustice and if you know the story of, of David and his son Absalom, David did not raise a sword against his son. He fled. He did not try and assert the authority. Yeah, he had men who were with him, who protected him, and his son did fall and die. And David mourned for it. But David wasn't out to, I'll get you. I'm going to get this back. He was actually fleeing for his life. And as any parent, he was in turmoil that this was his son, that these were his friends, that this was happening to him. And his desire here in this song is, don't let the evil that they're doing succeed. Stop them. Stop them. Goes on. In verse 10, he says, the righteous will be glad when they are avenged, when they dip their feet in the blood of the wicked. Then the people will say, surely the righteous still are rewarded. Surely there is a God who judges the earth. You know, it's a difficult thing dealing with the evil that is in our world. The things that we see taking place towards people. Even as my discussion with friends has been to look back and see things that were done to them or to others by people who were supposed to represent Jesus. It's troubling. People whose lives have been ruined financially people who have had that position of power abuse the loyalty and trust, take advantage of others emotionally, sexually, 
monetarily. And when those things take place, there is something that cries out, God, what are you going to do about this? When you see sex trafficking taking place with young girls, and you think of the life that they lead, and you think, God, what are you going to do about this? Do you care? And the psalmist is saying, he does. That the day is going to come when the righteous will say, oh, good, he did judge. Oh, good, he he took care of it. There's another passage in Malachi. The last book in the Old Testament, right before Matthew chapter 4. And so as, as we read this, I want you to think about the injustices that have taken place and that are taking place in a global setting, the genocide, the, the domination of people using them for, for gain, the ethnic cleansing, the abuse of women, of children, the violence that takes place even in our own society. All these things that happen. Have those in your mind as we read these verses. In verse 1 of chapter 4, it says, Surely the day is coming. It will burn like a furnace. All the arrogant and every evildoer will be stubble. And the day that is coming will set them on fire, says the Lord Almighty. Not a root or a branch will be left to them. But for you who receive my name, or revere my name, the sun of righteousness will rise with healing in its rays. And you will go out and frolic, that's an interesting word, like well-fed calves. Then you will trample on the wicked. They will be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day when I act, says the Lord Almighty. You see, right now, God is playing the tune. The the shepherd is calling the name. And and like a hen who would gather her chicks, the the father is calling out saying, hey, I, I want you to come. I want you to listen. I want you to stop. But there are some who will not listen. They're like that serpent that plugs its ears. They're like those Pharisees who secure themselves in their position and who they are. And they will not. It doesn't say they could not. It says they will not. But God is longing and wanting them to change. But they will not. And and there's going to be a day when God says, enough. 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 Not one more child is going to be abused. 
Not one more woman is going to be beaten by her husband. Not one more person is going to be taken advantage by a person in clergy or leadership or in government office or in a business place. No more. In fact, they will be ashes under the feet of the children who they've abused. And God will set it all right one day. And the righteous will find the healing and they will say, I knew it. God was right. He was just. He wasn't letting it go. He wasn't turning a blind eye. He wasn't letting it slide. He does care. And David's prayer was that God would remove the ability of those who were evil to not hurt anyone else. Now, this is the important question that we need to ask ourselves. Am I evil? Am I abusing or using others? Am I taking advantage of people for my own gain? Oh yeah, you know, I've mentioned a lot of dark things. You know, I might not be selling anyone into sex trade, but am I overbearing the people who I am over? Am I using my position to get what I want? Am I abusing who I am in a place of authority, or am I actually caring for others? You see, it doesn't have to be the grandiose evil things. It could be the simpler things. It could be how I'm treating my children, how I'm treating my wife, how I'm treating my employees. It it moves along those lines. And if I'm acting this way towards them, then a lot of these things are speaking to me. Because that's who Jesus is warning You want to look good on the outside, but inside, you're full of dead men's bones. These are words of warning so that we will hear the tune of the charmer and be swayed and moved by what he wants and not just by what we want. That we will hear the shepherd's voice and follow after him. Because we know that that's his voice and we know how he wants us to act. That's the challenge for us. And that's what this psalm gets to. You know, again, it would have been so easy to do Psalm 57. Wasn't that a beautiful psalm? And then here I am, break their T's in their mouths, let them be like slugs. But this is the songs of life. These are the things that we find in our lives. And what God wants us to know is these are the injustices that God cares about. And he does care. And he will bring the judgment. One day it will be like ashes under your feet. The wicked will just be dust. And the righteous will raise up with healing.
question is, will we be the righteous? Will we hear his voice and listen to him? Or will we stop our ears and continue to live a selfish life and use people for ourselves? He's calling. We need to always be responding. Let's pray. God, these words are so strong, but the emotion is strong. The thoughts are powerful and the way you feel about them is strong. You don't take lightly injustice. You don't take lightly abuse. You don't take it lightly when people harm other people, when people use other people, when we become numb to our treatment of others. God, you you are calling and you are desiring to bring us to yourself. And even this morning, Lord, maybe your voice is speaking out. Maybe that the tune of the charmer, as the psalmist says, is in our ears and we're hearing this call that I need to make a change in my life. I have been selfish. I have been abusing my husband, my wife, my children, my girlfriend, my boyfriend, my employees. I have been using people for myself. And I need to change. I hear your voice, God. And I want to respond. That's all that's necessary. If if that is what's happening in your heart, then respond. You don't have to join a, a church. You don't have to say a special prayer. But you do have to hear and respond to your Father's voice as He desires to bring us to a place of wholeness and healing. And God, I pray that our hearts would be sensitive to these issues, not just in how we see them in others, but in how we see them in ourselves. And may our desire not to be seeking revenge, but may our desire to be, God, remove the power from those who are causing the harm. Lord, may they fade away like water. May there be no life in their evil actions. And may we respond to your voice, we pray. And we ask this in Jesus' name.